0: Have you heard about this thing called Podcast Movement? It's coming up in July of 2018. If you don't know about it, you'll have your chance on this episode of Podcastification. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com. And this is Podcastification. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Dan Franks, welcome to Podcastification.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Carrie. I'm excited. Yeah, Dan and I kind of connected this last week actually on, well, not the last week from the recording, but the last week from the time we're recording to try and get this thing squeezed in because Podcast Movement 2018 is coming up here pretty fast and it just dawned on me. I'd never had one of you guys on, so I wanted to talk about it. So just in a nutshell, Dan, for people who are not familiar, which I can't imagine many people are, but- who are not familiar with podcast movement. Give us your nutshell version. What is the conference? What's it about? What's it for?
1: Yeah. So very nutshell version is I like to just bill it as the world's largest gathering of podcasters. So that usually piques people's interest if it's relevant to them. But, you know, the longer version is it's a conference trade show and kind of week of activities geared towards podcasters and those who are uh, professionals and participants in the podcast community.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I've been two years so far, or maybe it's three. I lose track. I've got all my little name tags hanging here on the wall. I should just count them. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Planning on coming this year as well. I just registered not long ago and I'm excited for it, but let's back up just a little bit. I think it's always a lot of fun to know a little bit about the people behind these things. And you didn't put podcast movement
1: together all by yourself. So tell me how this idea came about. Sure. So I was a podcaster myself, probably like most people listening to this. I was podcasting as a hobby. As many of us who who take this on as a hobby at first, just because, uh, well, for a variety of reasons, we begin podcasting. At some point, we we decide, hey, let's make something more of this, whether it's let's make it a business or let's start taking it seriously and, and up the quality for a variety of reasons, or let's make it a part of our business or whatever that is. Uh, and I had that same thing. Uh, my co-host and I, we were co during our day jobs but we decided that there was probably an opportunity to either make it better or make some money or both of those things so during that process of trying to improve ourselves we looked up some different conferences and events that might be good kind of continuing education and networking opportunities and there really wasn't just a whole lot out there the one thing that was out there was a conference called new media Expo and for years it was a conference that took place in Vegas uh, it used to be called blog World And it had a track for podcasting. So it probably had, you know, six or seven stages going on at any given time. And a couple of those were dedicated to podcasting. So we went one year, I think it was in 2013. And the weird thing we discovered was most of the attendees at this conference were podcasters but most of the sessions were geared towards bloggers or or not podcasting so you know that was as a podcaster attending that conference that was a little bit of a light bulb moment and then the following year which would have been i think january 2014 i noticed the same thing when i was there again and started having the conversation with some of the other people that I knew at the conference. Um, the two main ones were Jared Easley and Gary Leland, two other podcasters that were attending the event. And we we all kind of were scratching our heads saying, like, that's weird. Like, why didn't they notice from last year to this year how many podcasters were here, but there's a bunch of blogging sessions. So all the podcasting sessions were full. All the blogging sessions were empty. Just seemed like there was a missed opportunity there. And us as podcasters wished that it was something more And one thing led to another. And we decided kind of at that conference that January that, you know, hey, why don't the three of us take a stab at this thing and and make a go at it? And that's really where the whole idea came from.
0: Yeah. And I love that you guys didn't wait for someone to do something. You just decided, hey, we can figure this thing out and we can do it. I love take action kind of people. So kudos to you for making that happen. I'm curious, though. I've noticed on your personal website, you're a CPA. And an entrepreneur, how in the world did you get into podcasting?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, everyone listens to podcasts, right? Isn't that the or everyone can at least, right? You that's should the, uh, yeah. That's why we all love podcasting because no matter what your area of interest is, what no matter what niche you're in, not only is there probably a podcast out there that you'd be interested in no matter how specific it is. But if you want to be on the other side of the microphone, the flip side of that is there's probably some audience of some size out there. So I was a podcast consumer for four years. I remember my first few jobs out of college. That, that's how I passed the time. Doing tax returns gets a little monotonous and and you know bookkeeping and all of the things that accountants uh, participate in, all of our fun activities. It lent itself to listening to podcasts while I was doing some of the more monotonous work and just kind of weaved my way through the podcast ecosystem and, and finding a bunch of new ones and really started to like some of the more business-focused ones that were more relevant to me. My area of the accounting world was working with small business owners and entrepreneurs. So listening to some of the entrepreneurial-type podcasts not only kind of fed that interest I had in the small business world, but also, you know, it helped me with, uh, with my clients and kind of speak their language and, and sympathize with them and empathize with with them. And so I happened to be eating lunch with a coworker one day. And somehow the topic came up that he was a podcast listener. So, you know, he's kind of a brotherhood and a sisterhood. When you find someone that listens to podcasts, you want to find out what they're listening to, what they're into. And through that conversation, we found out that we were both listening to the same podcasts and had similar kind of issues and complaints and things that we would change about some of those podcasts that we listened to. And again, kind of the whole same thing with the podcast conference saying, why don't we do it? We kind of had that same light bulb moment that if we if we do it better, if we know how to create a better mousetrap, why don't we just do it ourselves and give it a go? And that's really where it all started.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I love that you were a podcast consumer first. That's my story as well. I think I listened to podcasts for a couple of years before I actually took a dive into it myself. And I had a background in radio at a certain point. So it was kind of a natural transition for me in terms of skill level and and interest. But I'm curious also, I noticed on your website, it says you organized the first ever podcaster conference at sea. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So we actually did two of them and it was, I believe the first one was in 2015. The the second one was 2016. I believe I've got the timeline, right? But yeah, so it was after we had done podcast movement for a couple of years and Jared and I were looking for something that was just a little different, not instead of podcast movement, but something that was maybe you know, like an upgrade. So you can upgrade to do additional things with the podcast community. We were kind of looking for something like that, that would create a more intimate environment. Same thing though, an event, a conference that people could attend, but just have a little more, you know, small groups, sessions, small group chats. Um, not quite like a mastermind type thing, but maybe something in the middle of a large conference and a mastermind. So we decided that uh, doing it on a cruise ship could be a good thing. Um, we've known some p- other people that do cruise ship events and we figured why not uh, do it ourselves. So in 2015, that fall, we teamed up with John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson to put together uh, the very first one. And we had about 50 or so podcasters that attended and spent a week with us on one of the Royal Caribbean ships sailing out of Florida, I believe, is where that one sailed out of. And yeah, just had an awesome time. So I think it was two or three days of Kind of what you would call conference session. So they, a lot of these cruise ships have conference rooms on there. So you have, you know, your screen and your podiums and your microphones and that kind of thing. But then the other days we did, you know, more fun, let loose kind of thing. So that you would do on a cruise ship. So it was a whole lot of fun, and we did that a second year, the year after uh, Jared and I did that one solo, and again had about forty or fifty participants. And yeah, it was really cool, you know, it's like podcast movement, one of the great things is not necessarily the content shared, but the people you're, you're spending that time with and getting to know and building those relationships with. And we found when you're on a ship with somebody for a week uh, or a small group of people for a week those relationships, you have even a better chance to build on and and grow. And we've actually seen quite a few either joint podcasts or business relationships that bloomed out of those two conferences at sea. So they were unique experiences and they're pretty difficult to run, to be honest, but they were a whole lot of fun to participate in.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. The relationships that you're able to build at events like this really are the big takeaway. I get a lot from the people that I listen to. But actually, the first year I went to podcast movement, here's a true confession. I think I went to maybe two sessions because I was so busy standing outside talking to people.
1: No, we'd love to hear that. Like you said, that's where the value is. You know, a lot of people go to the conferences and the values in the hallways and they know that. So if they happen to stumble into a session or two, then that's great. But otherwise, if they leave with relationships and, and, you know, some action plans from those conversations, then mission accomplished. Yeah, now I wanted to also dig into a little bit more of your
0: background. I noticed that you were business manager at Midroll Media for a couple of years. And in case listeners don't know, Midroll is a big company in the podcasting space. Dan, why don't you just describe to us, first of all, how you would describe Midroll and tell us a little bit about the
1: things that you learned working there. Sure. So, Midroll has evolved from the time I joined them and even till now, which is two and a half years or so after I started working for them. But how they started was selling ads on other people's podcasts. So, the guys who founded it had their own podcasts and figured out how to start selling ads on their own show. And this was pretty early on in the advertisements on podcast game. So, everyone that heard, hey, you guys have advertisers, like, why don't you? Can you do that for us? We'll pay you if you do that for us. Midroll grew out of that and turned into a company that was selling ads on hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and became, you know, a company that has five or six salespeople and five or six people that are working with the different podcasters to develop those relationships and became, you know, a multi, multi million dollar company doing uh, nothing but selling ads on podcasts. And what grew out of that was uh, content creation. Creation business, um, they acquired a company called Stitcher that was a podcast listening app that they've now turned into like a premium type app where you can listen to premium podcasts, and that's a whole other rabbit hole. But really, it's become this full fledged podcasting business, creating content, selling ads, you know, and all, all of these things. So, so that's what mid-roll is at this point. And the way I kind of got to. Being involved with them at all was through podcast movement. Uh, one of the cool things about running this conference is all the relationships I get to build, not only with the attendees, which is awesome, but also with the people that are speakers and sponsors. And midroll, right around the time of the 2015 conference, actually midroll got acquired by a large broadcast company called Scripps used to own a lot of TV and radio stations and they started building out their media division and Midroll was their first big acquisition to start building out that online media division. And when they got acquired, one of the first things they said was that you guys need to start building out your team a little more. Like you've got all these people selling ads and buying ads, but your infrastructure is messed up. So what they did was identify a few key areas where they needed to make hires. And one of them was on the finance team. So the finance team uh, consisted of one person. And they wanted it to now consist of two people. So they were looking for a CPA who had podcast industry interest and experience and relationships. And I was one of the unique people that fit that bill. So them knowing me through the podcast movement conference and them knowing my background uh, led them to, to reach out to me. And one thing led to another. And I got out of public accounting and got out of doing tax returns and found myself in the professional podcast space. Well, that is just a really cool background. And I'm sure
0: it brings a whole lot to your ability to organize and think through the different things that are needed at podcast movement. And that kind of takes us to the actual event itself. I would love to approach the experience that people have at the event from a couple of different standpoints. First of all, give me some idea of what a brand new podcaster or maybe an aspiring podcaster could benefit from by attending podcast Movement.
1: The answer that I hear the most for that type of situation is the one that I don't like to give because it sounds really cheesy and sounds almost uh, salesy, but it's the excitement and the and the encouragement that you get while you're there. So take away the layer of all the real education. So yes, you can go to sessions about everything from you know how the microphone connects to the mixer all the way through dynamic ad insertion and how to implement it. So as, as very basic or as complicated as the creator wants to get with some of these things, you can. Can get. So the education is there. The education is awesome. The people that are teaching these sessions are awesome all of that's there but even backing up from that just being around you know nearly 2000 other podcasters in one place hearing all their stories getting to meet people all the way from the same level as you to the most experienced you know 15 year hall of fame veterans everyone's there everyone's talking to each other everyone's helping each other and just the excitement and the encouragement and the motivation that you get from being around all of these people that's what we hear that's what the feedback we get from people who are in the exact you know same position as you described, the brand new podcaster looking, maybe even saying, is this for me? Is this something I should do? That's what we hear from them. So that would be my first answer is just that environment that's created when so many people in this space get together, that's what happens. That's what gets people excited. And then, like I said, the education is awesome because we do have sessions and activities and workshops for people, whether they are brand new or whether they are, you know, the, like I said, the industry veterans, industry hall of famers who maybe are going to sessions, you know, trying to figure out current events or the latest industry uh, standards. You know, IAB has put out the latest monetization guidelines and standards and, and they're giving updates or Edison Re- researches is is presenting on the latest research and statistics that they've done for listening consumption and how we can turn that into benefits and positives for us as creators. All these things are covered there. So it's really a choose your own adventure in terms of the content. But yeah, the one thing that you can't really put your finger on and quantify is that excitement and encouragement level that takes place. Yeah. And cheesy or not, I totally agree with you. I think that
0: the energy that you feel just being there is a pretty incredible thing. I remember the first time that I attended was in Chicago and I hadn't been to Chicago for a long time. I had a friend who lived there and he was going to have coffee with me. But other than that, I didn't really know who I was going to meet there. And just walking in, I mean, people are so approachable. Even the big name speakers that you see on the platform, everybody is willing to encourage and help. And I remember sitting around you know, a table eating with people and people just kind of brainstorming together, asking questions. What do you do for this? How do you handle this? And everybody was just so generous. So I think you've hit the nail on the head on that one, Dan, and, and you should, you're the guy who created the conference and and who has been there so many years, but let's talk about the next little approach that I'd like to take. And that is for people who are actually doing podcasting and have been maybe for a while, and they have never been to podcast movement, but really are curious about things like monetization and things like ad insertion and things like finding a sponsor that they could actually build a real relationship with rather than just have ads inserted. Tell me the kinds of things a person in those shoes might discover at Podcast Movement.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I would say is like to go into it with a strategic approach, because if you're going to the conference and, and you have a goal, that's the best thing you can do. So go in there and say, the thing I want to get out of this is to figure out how I want to monetize my podcast, for an example, because you're going to go there and you're going to have sessions about is creating and selling merchandise to my listeners the right way to go? Or do I need to become my own sponsor and create a product or service myself to sell on my podcast? Or do I want to hire somebody to sell ads for me? Or do I want to sell my own ads and learn best practices for that? All of those things Those are just four Sessions that are happening on the monetization track, and there's I think 14 or 15 sessions in total. So if your goal is to go there and find out how you want to monetize your podcast, then go in there with that goal and and go to those sessions. That's the biggest thing you can do: is pick out, decide what you want to learn, and then choose those sessions and go to them. And that's the thing: is kind of put a game plan in place. But when you ask, like, what will people learn? It's so difficult because we've got over a 100 different sessions to choose from that it's really like I I referred to it before. It really is a choose your own adventure. The other thing I will say, and this is, again, it sounds salesy, but to be honest, with a hundred different sessions, it's kind of true. Is to make sure that you get the pass with the virtual ticket on, and the virtual ticket is the recordings of every session. So, with a hundred sessions, each being forty-five minutes or an hour long, that's weeks worth of content on there. If you're if you're trying to watch a few hours a day, so that's a big thing is to have those videos. So then you're not pulled to uh, say, hey, oh, there's these two sessions going on. I want to go to them both. Well, then you can. You go to one in person or you go to one virtually or you do like you did and you just hang out in the hallways and talk to people and build those relationships that you can only do in person and then you consume all the content after the conference virtually with the virtual ticket. That's an approach as well. So I think regardless of what your experience level is or what you're trying to get out of the conference, the best thing you can do is put that game plan in place uh, going into it and then execute on the game plan. So to speak,
0: yeah, I totally agree with that. And one thing I might add to that that I discovered last year in Anaheim was you guys provide an app for the conference, isn't that correct? Yeah, we do have a conference app, correct? Yeah, and that app is so helpful for anybody attending because you know how it is when you've got a a program for a conference, you're trying to thumb through it and find the things you decided you were going to watch or go listen to, and and the app helps you just keep that right on your smartphone so that you can you can kind of follow your sessions more easily and it'll remind you certain times, certain places. It's just a great tool that you guys have created there. And Dan, I forgot to tell you this before we started recording, but I take a break in the middle of my show. And so we're going to do that right now. And we will be back in just a moment after these short, short messages. Thanks so much. You know, attending a conference like Podcast Movement can be a little overwhelming. I have to admit it. The first time I walked in there in Chicago, there were so many people and so many signs and so many booths and all the different rooms, you know, in the conference center. It's just kind of hard to find your way around it at first, but I'm telling you, I could see that compounded even more for someone who is just dipping their toe into the waters of podcasting in general, there is a pretty steep learning curve and If you're planning on going to podcast movement and you have not actually discovered really what a podcast is, how to podcast, what are the basic things involved? I'm telling you, you will be a lot better equipped if you have that kind of stuff under your belt. And it's really not that hard to do before you get to the conference. In fact, here at Podcast Fast Track, we have created a course. It's called How to Podcast Step-by-Step. And I'm gonna tell you a little secret here. The course is actually also a podcast, like a solid content podcast. that's not gonna change over time, except for when we do updates because of technology and things like that. And it is listed in the Apple Podcasts directory. So you can go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music, and just search for how to podcast step-by-step, step, and you'll find our course. Now, what you're gonna find there is the audio version of the video course. And it has all of the same content minus the slideshow that's part of the video course and minus the action sheets that you're able to download for each module of the course. The video course is $99. You can find it at podcastfasttrack.com slash H-T-P. That's for how to podcast. Or you can go on any of those free listening platforms where you find your favorite podcasts and find how to podcast step-by-step. All the episodes are there. You can educate yourself before you go to a conference like Podcast Movement. And if you know someone who is looking to get into podcasting, but doesn't really understand the medium or doesn't know how to go about setting it up, how to podcast step-by-step is for them as well. So please mention it to them. How to podcast step-by-step from Podcast Fast Track. Okay. We're back with Dan Franks from Podcast Movement. And we've been talking about the different types of people who might be attending Podcast Movement is coming up here in July. What are the actual dates of the conference, Dan? I don't think we've even mentioned that yet.
1: Yeah, so July 24th through 26th, that's the meat of it. Those are the three full conference days. But then the 23rd is when we kick things off. We have a number of free workshops that are, I say, free included and registration workshops that are optional but really cool to go to. Um, And the other thing we have on that first day is two different things, a a new attendee orientation. So if it's your first time to podcast movement and like we were talking about the 100 different sessions and how to choose has you a little overwhelmed or you're trying to figure out how to use the app or all of those things. We have a new attendee orientation that is really a kind of a great primer to get you get you started and make sure you can podcast movement the right way, so to speak. Um, but the other cool thing we have on that first day is what we call a new podcaster primer. And this could go back to the folks we were talking about who have no podcasting experience and might be diving in headfirst. And this is kind of a back to the basics or a introduction to the basics. So my example is if you don't know the difference between a media host, a web host, and a podcast host host like all of those are different things like you're the podcast host and and wherever you're hosting your audio files is your media host and then it all goes live on your web host but we have a lot of people that say what do you mean by host so If you're having those questions or you do want to make sure you know the difference between a mixer and audio interface before you go talk to the exhibitors or whatever that is, we have a new podcaster primer happening on that Monday, the 23rd. And that's a cool way just to kind of feel like you can kind of speak the podcast lingo a little bit and know what you're doing before you go into sessions and start having conversations. So cool things happening on the 23rd, which is Monday, and then Tuesday through Thursday, all day and most of the night, all kinds of activities for those who are in attendance. Great
0: details. And this year is in Philadelphia. I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't been to Philadelphia for quite some time, so it's going to be fun to be right there in the downtown area. Let's get back to the different kinds of people who might be coming to the conference. I have another group in mind, and it's really two different kinds of individuals, but I'm going to lump them together because I think they're close enough. One would be someone who is, say, part of a corporation or part of an industry where they are considering podcasting as a content marketing move or as a, an authority building move. And then the other person who I am going to lump into the category is a person who's coming just to learn about the industry, learn about you know what's going on in the podcast space. And who knows, maybe they're an entrepreneur that's trying to come up with a good podcast related idea and they want to come. Give me some idea of what those kind of people, or maybe the question better is phrased, how should they be thinking about coming to podcast movement when they have those kinds of agendas?
1: Something that could be interesting to a group like that is our industry track. So this is something that if you're not necessarily learning, you don't want to learn interview techniques on the creation track or you're not necessarily interested in how to sell an ad on the monetization or how to use social media to publish audiograms or any of these things that might be more creator focused. The industry track is really a good one because it contains not only like sessions, for instance, Nielsen, who we all know, they do television ratings and things like that. They've recently got into podcasting and they've done a lot of studies and a lot of research And they're going to share that. So whether it's podcast listening habits or whether it's brand recognition by podcast listeners, or a number of different things, um, just as one example. But they're talking about subjects that are a little more broad, industry focused, as opposed to the nitty gritty technical details that a creator might be interested in. So you know, that's the first thing I would recommend for sure is kind of keep your eye on that industry track. The other thing that I would say, if this attendee wants to spread out a little bit but still not get into the technical weeds, a lot of our panels are really good. Lot of our panel discussions we differentiate the sessions between breakouts which are a little more educational where you know you'll get a slide deck and so on walking you through some very specific topic the panel discussions are a little more broad. So like you would expect from a regular panel, there's a moderator, and then four or five panelists who um, represent different parties or different companies or different podcasts. I mean, they'll be up there talking about some broad topic, but those panel discussions often go in a number of different directions because of the diversity of the participants on the panel. So for that reason, a lot of times those are good to go to if you're just trying to get a sense of, all the different things happening in the industry and get some different perspectives on one specific topic. Um, Those panel discussions are a great way to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think another element or asset that's there at podcast movement that I always really enjoy, and that's the exhibit hall, like any conference, there are a lot of vendors with booths set up, uh, hawking their wares for lack of a better term. But those are places I have found are very valuable just for educating yourself on what's happening in the industry and the kinds of tech that are coming out and those kinds of things. Dan, could you talk for a little bit about the exhibitors that you have this year and some of the examples of things people might learn while they're there?
1: Yeah, this is something that's kind of been fun for me since the first year um, because circling back to when we first started this, we didn't know what we were doing with conferences. We didn't know You know that we wanted an exhibit hall or what kind of exhibit hall or anything like that. So um, that first year, we kind of just backed into having some exhibitors set up because we had people asking if they could exhibit. But then since then, uh, we've gotten feedback from attendees and who they wanna see and what kind of companies they wanna see and and what kind of activities they wanna do in the exhibit hall. Um, There's a few things that we've heard feedback on and that we've gotten in there and gotten involved. Uh, The first thing was people really like that our podcasters really are kind of gearheads and they like to try out new microphones and try out new audio equipment and want to, you know, if they don't have a microphone yet, they want to talk to a bunch of the different manufacturers and try out their wares and see what uh, see what's out there. So that's the first goal that we've uh, this year really kind of continued to grow on is having a bunch of different microphone and gear manufacturers there. So, you know, whether it's Shure microphones and you want to try out a couple of the different Shure microphones, or whether it's Heil or whether it's some of these companies that make mixers and audio interfaces, all of these people are there and they've got things on display and they've got test stations so you can test some of these microphones out and then we've got a few of the retailers there so broadcasting supply world bsw sam ash music is there so not only can you try out some of these things and and see what microphone's best or you know what uh, what mixer might be the best fit for you but then we've got opportunities to pick those up at you know more significant discounts than you would even on like an amazon or anything like that so from that standpoint Knowing that podcasters like gear and like to try it out and like to buy new things, we have that there. But the other cool thing is a lot of these either new podcasters or existing podcasters, I you know you've got your media host and you're hosting on one of the big boys, but you might want to talk to some of the other options out there and find out if there might be a better media host for you. So, you know, we've got nine or ten of the biggest media hosts in the world there ready to answer your questions and talk to you. Or if you're happy with your host and you just want to build a relationship with uh, you know, your libsons or your blue blueberries or your pod beans more. Go talk to those people, ask them questions, uh, do some on-site customer support. All of that's there. And you know, the fun fact is, and this goes not only to the attendees, but the exhibitors as well. Most of them are podcast fanatics. Most of them started their podcast company or raised their hand to be on the exhibitor team for some of these uh, more general companies because they're big fans of podcasts and they want to be a part of the podcast world and podcast event. So they're there to talk podcasting and talk shop. So what we found is even though you do have the opportunity to learn about products or services that you can buy and give money to. For the most part, a lot of these people are friendly and just want to talk to you. So it's not an intimidating environment. Um, It's not a salesy environment. Um, It's just a cool environment that's super relevant for those of us who would already be attending podcast movement. Now there's these great outlet, like you said, for meeting some of these people. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is what we've avoided and always tried to avoid and always will avoid. Some of these things that you see at some of these bigger shows that are just trying to sell as many booths as possible and make as much money as possible. I've attended some of those shows before where there'll be like someone selling like massages or like, you know, all these things that are completely unrelated to the conference. But you can tell like, Hey, this person that's running this conference really is just trying to, uh, you know, make as much money as possible and not leave any dimes on the table. And then they sell kind of these booths to irrelevant companies or exhibitors. And we've been lucky enough to have enough demand for our exhibitor booths that we don't have to do that. So if you walk into that exhibit hall and any company you look at, they might not be relevant for you personally, but they're a podcast relevant company um, and they're there for you and to help you. So that's kind of the lowdown on the exhibit hall and the expo area. And it's something we're really proud of and we're really excited for all the new and and returning exhibitors that are going to be there this year.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy the exhibit hall. And I remember the first conference I ever went to, it wasn't podcast movement, but that had an exhibit hall. And when I stepped into the hall, it felt almost like walking down the midway at a carnival. All these people are calling to you to come and try their game. And though it wasn't that boisterous, it definitely felt like it was a very salesy environment and all these predators were about to pounce on me. And I didn't feel that at all at Podcast Movement. In fact, I would encourage anybody listening, if you go and you step into the exhibitor hall at Podcast Movement, just screw up your courage and walk up to those booths and start talking to them. You'll find that what Dan described is exactly true. Everyone there is there to help you, to encourage you, to help you figure out the best solution for your particular needs. And if they don't have it, they will point you in a different direction. I actually had someone at a booth last year who didn't have what I needed, but they said, hey, the guys over at that booth you know, pointed me in the right direction. They can help you. They have something really cool that might meet your need. I mean,
1: how can you go wrong? Yeah, that's awesome to hear. That's the kind of environment you want to create.
0: Yeah, exactly. I totally love that the conference is set up that way and that you have that quality of people coming to the conference. It's just really cool. Now, I wanted to wrap up here, Dan, just by picking your brain a little bit about podcasting in general. I try to keep my finger on the pulse of the industry and understand the things that are going on. But I know that because I don't know everyone I should know, I don't necessarily see all the things that are coming down the pike. So I'd love to get your take on what are the things coming down the pike that you think are the most game-changing developments that could happen in the next year or two? And I realize you don't have a crystal ball. But you do talk to people in the industry. So I would love to hear some of the things you're noticing.
1: You know, what's got me most excited are just a bunch of the new developments and a bunch of the new companies that are coming into the space whose sole goal is to appeal to listeners. I think all of us who create podcasts or have podcasted in the past, the number one goal is to get more listeners, I would think. There's a number of ways to do that or reasons to do that. But at the end of the day, if you're creating something and putting your heart into something, you want more and more people to listen to it. And you want to get that feedback and that encouragement uh, from listeners. So as more and more people start creating podcasts, uh, it's definitely important that more and more people start listening to podcasts. And I think all the data shows that more and more people are listening to podcasts and more consumers are coming into the space, which is great. But anything that can be done to either make it easier for people who want to listen to podcasts to listen to podcasts or to help them discover new podcasts that are relevant to them or what's most important, I think, are are things that are going to bring new podcast listeners into the space. Um, All of those things, anything that drives that listenership and brings more people into the space uh, is big for me. So that can be anything from, you know, Google. There's Been a series of articles about new things that Google is doing in the podcast space. So, you know, whether it's built into the Chrome browser or whether someday they put out uh, their own listening app that's similar to Apple Podcasts that kind of thing, all the way down to existing features like Spotify starting to welcome podcasts in, uh, which to me, Spotify um, welcoming podcasts in is really big because there's a whole lot of people that use Spotify already that are not listening to podcasts. So anything we can kind of do to carve out that new space and new listeners, that's a big thing to me. So, you know, just speaking in general, that's what's got me most excited are a lot of the rumblings and a lot of the new companies I see coming in who aren't trying to sell anything to us as podcasters, but they're trying to improve in the listening experience and the discovery experience, all of those things are just going to be more and more beneficial to us that are on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you.
0: It's very interesting that you say that. I was listening to an episode of a podcast this morning where James Cridlin of podnews.net was being interviewed and he was talking about the stats in Great Britain or the UK mainly that he knew off the top of his head. and It was something like only 10% of the population listens to podcasts but 90% of the population listens to radio. And he was asking, why is that? And his answer just in a nutshell was that they're familiar with radio. They're not familiar with podcasting. There's like a barrier to entry and it's mainly ignorance. And so he was making the point, we as podcasters need to get better at educating people. What is a podcast? Why should you listen to podcasts? How can you listen to podcasts? And I would love to hear your ideas of what your average hobbyist or small entrepreneur podcaster can do to help the industry as a whole in that way. And therefore experience that phenomenon of a rising tide, lifting all ships.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think it does go back to just every podcaster wants more people to listen to their podcast. So I think it can almost be a selfish thing. Like if you as a podcaster, just do whatever it takes to have more people discover your show. And, and more importantly for you know the industry as a whole, new people who don't listen to podcasts at all, help them listen to your show. And that selfishly helps you get more listeners, but also that brings more and more people into the fold. So if you're in the UK and that's that 90% and you're tapping into Not only to the 10%, but also figuring out what it's gonna take for you personally to tap into that 90%, then that ripple effect will be that it helps the industry as a whole. So, you know, I understand that everyone has limited time and limited resources. So, to me, that's the easiest sell is do something to help yourself. And, you know, by proxy, that will help the industry as a whole. So, you know, it's a whole other show to figure out techniques and stuff to bring those new people in. But I think, you know, again, big picture. Just doing things to bring brand new listeners into the podcast space. Get them listening to your show first. Again, easier said than done. But, you know, what what I tell most of all, or first thing, make sure all your friends and family know that you are podcasting. You've got this podcast to listen to. I hearken back to, I used to do some real estate investment on the side. And one of the techniques that was always taught by those instructors was make sure everybody you know. Everybody in your network knows that you invest in real estate, you know. So then you that word of mouth. If if you're buying houses and trying to flip houses or whatever your investment technique is, if everyone you know and maybe everyone they know knows that you buy houses, right? Then you will slowly kind of get those referrals. And maybe it's only one in ten or one in twenty or one in a hundred of people that that's actually relevant to. But the more people you tell, the more likely you are to find some of those investment deals. And I think it's the same way in podcasting. Make sure all your friends and family know you do this. Uh, make sure that if they you know know you do it, that they know that they're invited to share with their friends and family as well. I think kind of that effect is the very first thing you can do. And then, of course, there's all the myriad of other techniques of you know social media marketing and, and all these other kinds of marketing techniques. But yeah, that word of mouth and just spreading the word. And don't be embarrassed that you do this thing called podcasting. That's step number one. Yeah, I
0: absolutely agree with you. There are so many ways that just getting people exposed to your particular niche in show helps the entire industry and it's going to benefit us all in the long run. I absolutely agree with that. It's kind of like if you're telling somebody about a, a favorite show on Netflix, but they don't even know what Netflix is you're going to have a hard time selling them on that show. So there's a bit of education we need to do in explain to people, oh, you don't know what a podcast is. Here's what it is. Here's how, it, you know, take their smartphone out of their hand and show them. Here's an app right here on your phone. You could subscribe. You could find topics of about anything that you want to listen to. And I think that people start to get the feel for what it is and how it's going to benefit them. Kind of like the samples at Costco, you know, once you taste it, you know, it's a good thing and you really want it. Well, Dan, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you telling us all about Podcast Movement. You can go to podcastmovement.com and find out all the details. Again, the conference dates are coming up here pretty soon. This is June of 2018, but the conference is July 23rd through the 26th. And as Dan mentioned, there's some pre-conference things on the 23rd. The actual conference starts on the 24th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Dan, what else can we tell the great listeners of the podcastification
1: show. Like I mentioned, if you can't make it in person, we have a virtual pass, which is not only cheaper than going in person from the registration standpoint, but you've got all of those sessions to to check out uh, at your leisure, over a hundred sessions and those videos will be videos and slide decks as well. So really kind of a cool opportunity if you're trying to get into the space but you're trying to do it at a little lower cost or lower time commitment. That's a way to do it. And if nothing else, keep an eye on our on our website and social media channels because uh, We'll be back again as expected in 2019 and we'll be doing it all over again. So uh, you can start making your plans as well that way. That is great, Dan. Do you have a location for next year picked out yet? We do, and we haven't announced it yet, but we usually announce it in July, a few weeks before the conference. So that's likely the plan as well. But yeah, you know, top secret information is that we actually already have 2019 and 2020 booked. The uh, dark side of conference planning is that you have to sign contracts way in advance. The larger you grow, the harder it is to find venues that'll handle you. So we'd like to make a big announcement out of that. That's really cool. Well, I'm glad that things are going so well. I
0: think it's only going to grow because the industry is growing. And so Dan, I appreciate all you're doing to make this kind of education and these kinds of cooperative events possible for podcasters. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's a great event.
1: Well, thanks for having me on and thanks for the kind words and thanks for what you do as well. I mean, anything that we can all do together to help not only the creators and the podcasters, but help the industry grow as a whole. And like you mentioned before, the rising tide raises all boats. So um, as long as we all continue to work together and help each other out, it's only going to be good things for all of us. Absolutely. Preaching to the choir, but I'm with you, man.
0: Thanks, Kerry. Thanks so much, Dan. Hello. So what do you think? Is that enough info to convince you that podcast movement would be worth your time? It is really hard to describe just how much impact this event has on your ability and your enthusiasm to publish your podcast with consistency and quality episode after episode after episode. If you've never been to podcast movement, it is well worth your time. They have a special offer going on for the rest of the month of June, I believe. You can find out about that at the top of the page at podcastmovement.com. I would love to see you there. And if you are going to Podcast Movement, I would love to hear from you. It'd be fun to have a podcastification meetup. Don't you think? Like grab lunch or a a drink of coffee or something together one morning just to get to know each other as listeners and producers of the show podcastification. If you're going to do that, hit me up on social media or email me, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y, At podcastfasttrack.com. I would love to see if we can make something like that happen. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck, full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at PodcastFastTrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by PodcastFastTrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.